Welcome to the ACC Basketball Report. My name is Michael Hunter. It is a Wednesday evening before the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to join me this evening. I'm uh, going to do a quick preview of the Sweet 16 matchups. Also going to go over the ACC BR official bracket and talk about how unfortunate it has, uh, how, how badly it has suffered through this tournament. Uh, unfortunately for a guy who prides himself in having a great deal of knowledge in college basketball and watching a great deal of college basketball, my bracket, like so many others, has not survived. Um, the only team I basically have left is the team that I chose to win it all. That would be Duke. And unfortunately, you know, I would sacrifice the entire bracket if Duke was to lose. I would, I would take that hit for you. But... Uh, <laughs> What I have uh, sitting in front of me is, is something that I'm not very proud of. I actually have zero teams correct in the, uh, in the Sweet 16 out of the South. Uh, I got three out of four in the West, I got all four in the East, and I got two out of four in the Midwest. So, you know, not, not terrible, uh, I guess, considering um, what's transpired throughout, throughout this tournament. Um, the, you know, the, the terrible part is that one of the teams that I lost was actually Arizona. So, you know, that was one of the teams that I had, obviously, in the finals. Um, <clears throat> real quick, uh, taking a look at, uh, you know, what I got right. I, you know, obviously, in the East, I got all four teams right. I did have Kansas in the Midwest and Duke in the Midwest, which I thought was two fairly easy picks. Uh, in one bracket, I did have North Carolina State beating Kansas. I thought they matched up fairly well. Thank God I did not go with that in every bracket that I had. Um, I guess one of the most surprising uh, things that have transpired is, uh, maybe maybe not so surprising I should say, um, is Loyola making it to the Sweet 16. I thought they would fall to Tennessee. Um, unfortunately, they had other ideas, and it looks like uh, you know they've got uh, God on their side with this one with Sister Jean. Um, and obviously. They have a better matchup coming up with Nevada than they would have at Cincinnati. I think they would have struggled with the Bearcats a little bit, but Nevada, you know, showing huge grit and determination in uh, coming back from a 20-point, 21-point uh, deficit at Cincinnati or against Cincinnati to get the victory in that matchup, which was unlike anything I've ever seen. Of course, I badmouthed Nevada a little bit, said I really wasn't impressed in their uh, in their first game, uh, first round game with Texas. You know, always, you know, the curse lives when it comes to the ACC basketball report. So. Uh, you know, I'm sitting at, uh, let's see, four, seven, nine, and seven. Um, I went, I believe, eight for eight on the first day, and then uh, went uh, one and seven. <laughs> yeah, the following day. So not a great, not a great year for my bracket, but it's okay. I still hold futures tickets on both Duke and Kansas. Unfortunately, not both. Neither one. They can't reach the finals together. They're gonna face each other if uh, if both make it that far, which will obviously knock one out of the box for me. Um, looking at the actual bracket, looking at uh, first and foremost the ACC matchups. Uh, Florida State, which has been a huge surprise in this tournament, one of many really to this point, uh, knocking off Xavier. Um, I said in Sunday's podcast that I didn't think that without Terrence Mann they would be able to beat Xavier. Um, that still holds true. I didn't think Terrence Mann would play. In fact, it was said he was unlikely to play. But um, <clears throat> he, uh, he came in the game, I think he played uh, 24 minutes. Had a pretty good game off the bench. Trevon Blewett did not have a good game for Xavier. And Florida State was able to uh, come back, pull it off, and upset a number one seed. You know, I'm always on the wrong side of the Seminoles every damn time. And uh, unfortunately, it happened again. Um, unfortunate for me, fortunate for every other team in the ACC as, uh, as we put uh, four teams in this Sweet 16, uh, tied for the most of any other conference. 
Uh, their matchup at this point against uh, Gonzaga, you know, <laughs> deep down inside looking at matchups, I really like the matchup for Florida State. I think they have the athletes. Um, I think they have some shooters. I think they have the size to match up very well with Gonzaga. Um, obviously, the point of, I guess, contention would be the coaching. Um, Mark Few is a tremendous coach. I think Leonard Hamilton is not. Uh, I've said it all year, nobody does less with more than Leonard Hamilton. Carlton Young stalks that cupboard, and, you know, it, it's kind of like food that just goes bad when it comes to Florida State. Uh, they never improve. They never really achieve anything. Players come and go, and it's just kind of ho-hum business as usual. Don't embarrass the big bad football school. Now, Gonzaga has not been overly impressive in this tournament so far. In fact, um, having not watched a ton of their games outside the St. Mary's games um, this season, I haven't been impressed, especially uh, in the first round game uh, against UNCG. Now, granted, UNCG beat North Carolina State this year. They hung tough with Virginia this year. So it shouldn't be a real big shocker that uh, Gonzaga typically struggled with a team that slows it down and has effective guards, especially in March. That said, as well, because I feel so strongly that Florida State is going to win this game, I'm going to go against the grain here and go against my gut and say that Killian Tilly finally you know, opens up some eyes in this tournament and uh, has himself a big game. I mean, he's a big guy, stretch forward player that can really shoot the ball. Um, I really like Josh Perkins and his propensity to not turn the ball over. Uh, again, in March, it's all about guard play. So um, <clears throat> that, Jonathan Williams in the post-up game, Jonathan Williams is a tremendous athlete in a game that's going to showcase many tremendous athletes, most of them on the Florida State side. I think he may be able to neutralize uh, Terrence Mann, MJ Walker, uh, Trent Forrest a little bit. Obviously, it's a tall order to, to be effective against all three. Um, P.J. Savoy is a shooter, but Gonzaga plays very good defense. So, uh, against my better judgment, I'm going to say Gonzaga, even though I feel like Florida State has, you know, it's it's 51-49 for me at this point. Um, but I'm going to go with Gonzaga. I, I think they're the best team left in this bracket right now, and uh, I think they're going to end up in the Final Four. Going to move over to the uh, Midwest bracket where three of the remaining four ACC teams are playing, which is unfortunate for the conference, but probably, um, well, it's just unfortunate for the conference is basically all I can say with that. Now, looking at the Kansas-Clemson matchup, I mean, after Clemson came out and completely boat raced Auburn, it, it's difficult to go against the Tigers when they're playing it against a team like Kansas who um, hasn't looked particularly strong. They're just kind of plugging along, treading water in this tournament. I mean, that, that's a good win over Seton Hall. Um, I would, I, personally, I like both Seton Hall or North Carolina State to get past Kansas in that second round matchup. Um, if they shoot hot, Clemson can beat anybody in the country. And that's, that's bar none. Clemson, you know, if they start knocking down 12, 15 threes, you know, Eli, uh, Eli Thomas is going to shut down any kind of interior game you have for the most part. You know, all defensive first team ACC. This team's playing with a lot of confidence. Um, that three-headed monster in the backcourt of DeVoe, Shelton Mitchell, Marquise Reed are playing with a tremendous amount of confidence, shooting the ball 
everywhere on the defensive end. They're they're great defenders. They're great free throw shooters. They're great perimeter shooters. They get to the basket when they need to. Uh, they're a very good passing team. And then you've got Amir Sims who just kind of goes about his business. If he can lend a hand, he will. If not, he's going to play within his means and within Brad Brown's system. And Clemson typically fares all right with that. In this particular game, I am going to take Clemson. Uh, I think uh, I think the road ends for Kansas here. I think they've been uh, playing with go, uh, smoke and mirrors as long as it'll take. And I think Clemson's going to come out, and I think they're going to come out hot. And I, I think Eli Thomas is going to stop uh, whoever um, Kansas runs at him in the front court, whether it be Azubuki or D'Souza or whoever. I think he's going to be. He has the talent and the ability to neutralize that. Um, obviously, you know, I think the matchup of the night is going to be Devontae Graham against Marquise Reed on Kansas's offensive end. Marquise Reed is an excellent defender. Um, if he draws that assignment, I think he can give Devontae Reed a little bit of trouble on that end. Um, now, obviously, Reed is, a, is an all-time great as far as Kansas basketball is concerned, and uh, he'll put up a good fight, but I think for the most part, Reed will be effective enough to, uh, to shut him down. So I like Kansas to move, I'm sorry, Clemson to move on in that matchup. Moving to the bottom of that bracket, we have... Syracuse and Duke, I mean, I, at this point, how much respect would anybody have for me if I picked Syracuse? Um, you know, what little respect anybody shows or gives me at this point. Anyway, is, you know, I haven't done enough on this podcast to actually earn any of that. But, uh, I, you know, desperately trying every week uh, to show you that I actually know what I think I know. Um, obviously, like Duke to march on here. Um, I think when you get inside that zone, you're not going to see something like Michigan State just pulled where they shoot 43s. I mean, that was was there a more disappointing um, performance than Michigan State just put on last weekend against that Syracuse zone. They are perfectly built to, to beat that zone. Whether you run Bridges or you run Jackson or you run Nick Ward, you can run any of these guys to flash to that free throw line and get in the middle of that zone and do some damage and instead they just settled for three after three after three I don't know what Ben Carter was doing on the court I thought of all the bigs he matched up the most poorly against that zone but you know Tom Izzo is a Hall of Fame coach he knows better than I am and we're both sitting home right now so you know that and a dollar will get you a cup of coffee I think uh, Duke right now has guys that can shoot it and Gary Trent and uh, and Grayson Allen I think they have big men that Pass the ball in the interior exceptionally well with uh, Wendell Carter Jr. and Marvin Bagley III. And just like uh, the game late in the season, I think Duke is probably going to win this game, I'm going to say fairly comfortably. I don't know if they cover 11 points, like what the spread currently is. I think that Syracuse zone, as well as the Duke zone, is going to slow down this game enough to where it stays 6-9 to nine points most of the way through. Um, I like... Grayson Allen's intensity, I think. I think Duke is obviously the best team in the tournament right now, going by uh, how everybody's playing. I think Villanova runs a close second. Um, yeah, I just like Duke here. You know, Trevon Duval is kind of playing within himself. Um, and on the flip side of that, I, I was talking to some some fierce, Jesus, some Syracuse fans today on Twitter. I just think that, like, Tyus Battle is a very good tough shot maker, but he's not a very good shot maker. Like, He'll, he'll make some shots that he has to work hard for. He'll get into the bucket and make that tough leaner, floater, one-handed, you know, tough layup, pull-up jumper at the free-throw line, stuff like that. But it seems like when he's got a wide-open triple, he can't quite knock it down, which is 
which is weird because he's he's a good scorer but he's not a good shooter, which is eh, kind of awkward for a guard. I think he shoots like 31% from deep on the season. He's going to have to be very good. Uh, Frank Howard's going to have to be very good. Um, O'Shea Brissett is going to have to be very, very good. He's going to have to play very well against that front line. It's going to be a little bit overmatched. Uh, Chukwu is a very good defensive player, but I think these guys just have too much for them. Um, I, uh, you know, again, I, I like Syracuse to cover, but I like Duke to win fairly comfortably. Uh, that kind of wraps up for the ACC matchups. I'm going to get into the other ones now. We'll go over to the South region. Look at Kansas State and Kentucky. I like Kentucky all day here. I am not a Kansas State fan. I've never pretended to be a Kansas State fan. There's just something about the way they play. I don't know if it's something about their court, something about their uniforms. I think uh, Bruce Weber is an underrated coach in America. One of one of the top, I'd say, 15 most underrated coaches in America. I think he does well for what he gets because he's a terrible recruiter, in my opinion. But I just, I, I can never get behind Kansas State. I can't remember the last time I picked them to get out of the first round. It seems like they're always in the first round in some kind of 8-9, 7-10 matchup, and I never pick them. I just, zero faith, and they always bust me out. It's a game that I always lose in the first round. You think I'd learn? I never do. Because uh, I think I'm always the smartest guy in the room, even though the evidence clearly points in the opposite direction. But anyway, I like Kentucky here to get to the Elite Eight. I like them to get there fairly easily. In the bottom half of that South bracket, uh, I think Loyola Chicago, who has had a hell of a run. There's no better story in this tournament right now than Loyola Chicago and Sister Jean. Um, fantastic story. I, I love their players. I love uh, their confidence. And, uh, you know, I like watching them play. They're a fun team to watch play. Uh, unfortunately, I think, I think Nevada's got their number here. Uh, I think the Martin Twins have played decent, especially in the last game. Uh, wasn't so impressed with the first round game. Um, you know, that win over Cincinnati is one of the craziest things I've ever seen coming back in tw from 21 points in the second half is is insanity, against, especially against a team that has the defensive prowess that Cincinnati has. You know, one of the epic collapses in the tournament by Mick Cronin and his team. So I look for Nevada to move on there. I don't really expect it to be a very close game, to be perfectly honest with you. I think uh, you, give, you give any team that's been on the high that Loyola has and then you give them a few days off, it's, it's very difficult to remain... Um, to, to maintain that level of intensity. I expect them to come up flat. I expect uh, Nevada to jump on them and uh, kind of blow their doors off is kind of where I'm at right now. <clears throat> All right. Moving into the western bracket. Again, I already talked about uh, FSU Gonzaga. We're going to go to the bottom of that half of that bracket and talk about Michigan and Texas A&M. You know, I love John Belon, one of my favorite coaches um, in the country. That's that's you know just just steady. You never hear nonsense from him. You never hear scandal from him. You don't even really hear him, you know, making big news on the recruiting trail. But somehow he's getting quality players. He you know he puts people in his system that play in a way that will help them succeed. Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to make it out of this game. Um, watching that A and M team just completely dismantle North Carolina was one of the most impressive things I think I've seen in this tournament. Um, that front line of Tyler Davis and Robert Williams, who, who in Michigan is going to match up with that? You know, you're going to put uh, Mo Wagner on one of them. Who's going to guard the other one? Duncan Robinson? Uh, you, know, you know, I just, I, I don't see... I don't see an effective way for Michigan to play this now. Beeline is a fan, like I said, Hall of Fame coach, fantastic coach. 
if anybody can find a way, especially on the offensive end, he can find a way. Um, I just, right now, I think uh, Texas A&M's really pumping on all cylinders. They're really buying into that SEC being a top tier or a, a, the, the top basketball conference in the country right now, I think. Um, I, I'm confident in them. I don't think they're going to get by Gonzaga in the next round, but I'll talk about that here in just a second. Going to move over to um, the East bracket where the other most impressive team of this this tournament is is Villanova. I mean that that bum rush they put on Alabama was completely crazy. I haven't seen anything like that in quite a long time. Uh, Mikael Bridges just losing his damn mind shortly after Dante Divincenzo lost his damn mind. It, it, as far as shot making goes, just something incredible. Uh, West Virginia is obviously known for really good defense. I don't know how you defend this team when they shoot shots like that. Um, now, watching um, Jalen Brunson against uh, Javon Carter is something that everybody should witness. And uh, we'll be at clinic both probably offensively and defensively as far as mentality goes, uh, strategy goes. You have, you know, Huggy Bear on the defensive end with his strategy, you know, Press Virginia and all the, the prestige that comes with that. And then you have Jay Wright who runs one of the, I'm going to say, founding... I mean, Villanova has been running four guards forever. It's just that nobody really noticed, it seems like. Um, I like Villanova to move on here. I think, uh, you know, West Virginia, the way they put it on Marshall the other night was really, really impressive. And when a team does that and then again has to sit, I usually look for the letdown. And I think Villanova is going to get by West Virginia. I think it's going to be... Um, I don't think it's going to live up to the billing. I guess I'll just say that. Now, it's entirely possible that West Virginia, you know, tricks, basically tricks Villanova into playing like Michigan State did the other day. You know, although obviously Villanova's a, a way better three-point shooting team. I just, you know, it, it's possible that they go cold. West Virginia kind of, uh, you know, initiates their will. And that, that was the wrong way to say that and I realize that now but if if Western uh, Virginia can make it their game and make Villanova play in the half court and turn Villanova in, over in the back court then uh, then I, I I could definitely see West Virginia winning this game especially in the you know when you look at a front court matchup like, like Kanate and uh, Alonzo Spellman Amari Spellman I don't know why I'm so flustered right now, but all of a sudden I'm losing my damn mind. But Kanate in the front court for West Virginia. Say he gets Amari Spellman in foul trouble. Okay. Say Villanova goes a little bit cold. Say they wasted all the good shots the other night when they hit 16, 17, 18 threes, whatever the hell it was. Say they have an off shooting night. Javon Carter starts causing uh, turnovers in the backcourt. They start getting easy baskets. Lamonte West starts hitting his mid-range game. Daxter Miles starts going ballistic like he has a tendency to do. West Virginia could totally win this game. I don't expect any of that shit to happen. I expect Villanova to march on fairly easily. In that same East bracket, Texas Tech playing Purdue. This is going to be awesome. Um, you know, I would have said easily Purdue if Isaac Haas had been playing. Uh, the Harms kid is, is somebody I hadn't seen play a whole lot over the course of the season and hadn't really heard a whole lot about until I actually watched them play against Butler the other day. You know, he's a good kid. He's a little skinny. He's obviously tall. He's got good hands. He's got better hair. I think 
I, I don't know if Vince Edwards is healthy. Um, and I love Keenan Edwards. Uh, Keenan Evans. Jesus. Love Keenan Evans. Yes, I've seen him play. No, I'm, ta- no, I'm just talking shit. I do watch these games, I promise you, fellas. Just tonight, I'm losing my damn mind. Uh, Keenan Evans has been one of the most impressive players in this uh, in this tournament that I've been able to see. Now, I uh, typically I will take the Thursday and Friday off for the basketball tournament. This week, I actually had to work Thursday. I had to stay late in the office Friday, and I caught what games I could Friday. I actually had to work Saturday as well, so I was in the office again from about 7 in the morning until 6 that evening. Now, I did steal a few minutes here and there, listen to some games on online radio and things like that, but... Uh, of the games that I have seen, Keenan Evans, uh, excuse me, especially in that Stephen F. Austin game. I mean, Stephen F. Austin led almost the whole way, and Keenan Evans just put them on his back and said, you know, come with me. Right now, it's difficult for me to bet against that kid. Um, I also really like the uh, the Kurt Culver kid, the freshman. I think he's a really good player. Obviously, Zaire Smith is somebody who can jump out of the gym, and he had that fantastic jam. Uh, Zach Smith. It, it, you know, is another player I've been watching for a few years now who's, who's become a, a great role player, a great shot blocker. I, I like Texas Tech here, and I think I, at this point I might be rooting for them. Of everybody left in this uh, in this tournament, I think, you know, I'd like to see Beeline win one. Obviously, I'd like to see Mark Few win one. And right now, just, I'm a, you know, Villanova is a team I kind of cheer for in the background, you know, I, I think Jay Wright's a tremendous coach, you know, I've liked Villanova since Kerry Kittles played there when I was in middle school, you know, but at this point, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm in Keenan Keenan Evans' corner, really hoping that kid does big things, and uh, it seems like he makes big plays when big plays need to be made, so I'm on the Texas Tech bandwagon for right now, uh, I think they're going to get by Purdue, and they're going to match up with Villanova, so let's take a look real quick at the next round games that I have drawn up. Um, Kentucky and Villanova in the Elite Eight. I think Kentucky wins that fairly easily. Um, again, I, you know, I know guys on Twitter that love this this Nevada team. They love the Martin Twins. They love Jordan Caroline. I I don't love them that much. Now, granted, I don't watch them play that much. You know, I've probably seen parts of four games all year. So that said, I'm not an expert by any means on Nevada. Now, I have seen Kentucky play, and this uh, Shea Alexander is is peaking at the exact right time. Um, obviously, if Jan- Jared Vanderbilt was playing, that's a huge plus for Kentucky. Um, I have not seen anything on that right now. Um, I think Kevin Knox has been really good recently. Uh, I just I like the way Kentucky plays defense. I like their height. I like their length. Their shooting is always a big question mark. Uh, I think... Uh, Hamadou Diallo is the most overrated player in the country, and I don't think there's any question about it. But he, every time I say that, he seems to prove me wrong. So for the sake of this pick, I'm going to say, Hamadou Diallo, you're the most overrated player in the country. I don't think you're that great. I don't think you can shoot worth a damn. I think you should have gone pro last year when nobody had seen you play. So that said, look for him to score about 25 points and lead them out of the victory in this round. Moving on to my potential matchup of Gonzaga, Texas A&M. This is again where I think Gonzaga uh, puts a stop to this Texas A&M train. They do have uh, a little bit of size to match up with A&M, although right now I'm not sure anybody can match up with Tyler Davis and Robert Williams. I think Gonzaga will do enough in this game to uh, to move on. Again, Josh Perkins handling the ball, doesn't turn it over. Love that. The uh, Hachimura kid. 
obviously is playing out of his mind right now. And uh, again, we have not seen the best of Killian Tilly yet. So, uh, you know, look for that to happen either. You know, certainly not. And if it doesn't happen in the Florida State game and they get by that game, he's going to blow up in one of these two games. Okay. It's just going to happen. He is way too good not to. So keep an eye out for that. Something I'm really looking forward to as I will be able to catch all the games this weekend. Again, something else that I'm really looking forward to having missed out on a lot of the action last week. Um, moving into Villanova, Texas Tech. Uh, I, I'd like to see Texas Tech win it all, I think, at this point. I just, you know, love a good underdog story. They're they're clearly an underdog in this in this tournament right now with who's left, and they have a fantastic player that everybody needs to see play, and they have a coach that hasn't done anything to make me doubt him or dislike him. So, kind of all about that. That said, trying to pick games here, trying to pick winners here. Villanova, I think, is going to blow their doors off. Um, you know, I, I just this Villanova team has so many weapons. You know, it, it's it's really remarkable. Um, you know, this DiVincenzo kid. You know, I picked him as a dark horse player of the year tournament, uh, player of the year candidate in the Big East, and I think I'm a year early on that. I think next year though, you, you got to watch out for this kid. You know, it's going to be him. It's going to be Kamar Baldwin. Um, you know, and I think, yeah, I. I think it's basically going to come down to those two next year, I believe. You know, if Bridges goes pro and everything hashes out like it's like it's you know expected to, you know, I think DiVincenzo is next year's biggest player of the year. So if you got a piece of paper, write that down, throw it on the wall, and if I do next year, make sure you congratulate me and say thanks. And when I get it wrong, make sure you give me all kinds of shit on Twitter because I love that too. You know, I don't mind being wrong, and I love arguing about who was wrong, and it's you know. I'll just argue that it was a matter of perspective anyway, and we can argue about that, and you can call me crazy and stupid and, and a dick. So, moving on to the East, I'm sorry, the Midwest bracket, uh, where I have Duke and Clemson matched up, and this is where the Clemson train ends. And the Clemson train is going to end at a stop where they sign contract extensions because... Dan Radakovich has no interest in hunting for a new basketball coach at Clemson. He's going to give Brad Burnell a big fat extension, and then all these players are going to move on, and he's going to suck, and Clemson's going to be stuck with this big, huge buyout. That's what's going to happen. So enjoy it now. Enjoy your success in football. But believe me when I say, Radakovich is going to sign Brownell to a big fat extension. In two years, Brownell is going to be on the hot seat again. They're going to try to fire him. They're going to get stuck with a great big fat buyout. So. Enjoy this tournament, enjoy this game, and uh, you know, you know, I, I you know, I look forward to saying haha if I'm wrong, but I also look forward to saying haha when I'm right. I think Duke kills Clemson here. Eventually, Clemson's going to go cold shooting. You know, they're a very good shooting team. Shooter's going to shoot, but eventually, you're not going to hit 13 threes and win the game. You know, I, I definitely see in this zone, this big long zone. They're you know a seven for twenty five game from three something something of that nature and I think Duke is going to move on you know again I think this is Marvin Bagley's time to shine um, Eli Thomas can't guard both Carter and Bagley and Amir Sims can't guard either one of them and neither can Mark Donnell so that said I think Duke rolls you know way into the Final Four. Um, maybe with the most ease of any of these teams that I have. So right now, um, I guess as my reselection show, 
Uh, my final four right now looks like Kentucky, Gonzaga, Villanova, and Duke. You know, when those are proven wrong and the inevitable happens that all these teams lose, probably in the Sweet 16 games, I'm going to come back next week and we're going to pick them all over again. So this is the ACC Basketball Report podcast. I just want to jump in, drop my picks off, tell you how poorly I did in the Sweet 16. Uh, I do have two of my four Final Four teams left, unfortunately. They're both on the same side of the bracket, so it's not going to do me much good. Um, again, crowdfunded podcast. Jump on accbasketballreport.com on the RSS feed. Click on that. It takes you to the Podbean page. Click on Be a Patron and help out however you can. I appreciate any help you guys can give me. And, uh, you know, I put up a, a little uh, a little rant today on the Notre Dame season, how they should be commended. Uh, I appreciate you guys give that a read. Leave me any thoughts there. You guys can also contact me now at accbasketballreport at gmail.com. Send me any comments, questions, concerns, grievances. You know, if you... Uh, Send in a few questions. I'll do a little mailbag episode. Certainly not opposed to that, and I look forward to doing stuff like that. So, um, again, I'll see you Sunday. we got a lot to talk about. Uh, my notebook is overflowing with stuff that's happening around the league uh, as far as recruiting, transfers, coaching searches, names we're hearing, all kinds of cool stuff. So uh, get in here, listen to this, go against everything I said as far as picks go, so you can go 8-for-8 uh, eight eight in the Sweet 16. And then uh, join me Sunday for a new episode of ACC Basketball Report. I thank you guys for joining me. Have a good weekend.